You're listening to the Can Dare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today, uh, boy, we've got a full house today, <laughs> and I, I like it when it's like this. We have a lot of fun, typically. But uh, to talk again, we've talked in the past about uh, the Guan Anthology. I think the first time we talked about it, it was uh, running on Kickstarter. Right. We're going to talk about it again now as it's available on uh, ForwardComics.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. So first, joining us today, Jerome Walford of Forward Comics. Thanks for coming back. Drone. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And uh, all the way from, is it Paris, France you're in, uh, Miguel? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Paris, France. That's from, right. From 7robots.com, Miguel Guerra. Thanks for being with us, Miguel. Always a pleasure, guys. For the first time on the show, though it's not... Uh, it's not the first time we've spoken of him. Correct. But for the first <laughs> time on the show, uh, we have Jacques Niem. Thanks so much for being with us from, uh, excuse me, from oh. notsosupercomics.com. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. We're going to have a hell of a good time today. We're going to start the episode off with our retro roundtable talking about wealthy fictional characters. I think this is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun to imagine uh, what we'd do if we all had a ton of money. So maybe oh, we'll, we'll. Endless, selfish, evil things. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way. Let's be honest. <laughs> So, uh, th- and then with uh, everyone we have on the show today, I think we're going to skip over the comic dump bin. We do have a hero this week. Yeah. Right? And then we're going to turn our full attention over to Jerome, Miguel, and Jacques and talk about the Guan Anthology. So, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. And here we go. <laughs> All right, guys. Wealthy fictional characters. Where do we even start? Let's get him out of the way. Let's say Bruce Wayne right now. Talk yeah, about just, him. Yeah. And then right, we get right to the weird to stuff. <laughs> too easy one. Too easy. It's, it's like Bruce. eating the crust of the Pop-Tart first. And then you get the, <laughs> let's just figure it out. Well put, my friend. Well put. Oh, man. So Bruce Wayne, my He's God. He's the rich comic character, right? I mean, people think of him as being, he's defined by what? He broods, he's got billions. Seriously, the foundation of Bruce Wayne's character. I always wonder uh, what Bruce Wayne would be like, or Batman, rather, if, you know, Bruce Wayne still had the motive to be Batman, but was dirt poor. Like, what what would he do in that scenario? Honestly, I think he would kill. Do you? I think... (laughs) His unlimited money allows him to develop these creative, non-lethal ways to deal with the problems in Gotham. If he didn't have that money, if it was him alone, no backup, no butler with unlimited tracking and computation abilities, no technology or grapple hooks, he would be a vigilante who puts down the people that needed to be put down. I'm not saying he killed everyone. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. But uh... You know, personally, of course, you know, he was my my, my first choice for this roundtable because, of course, in the end, everyone works for Bruce, right? That's one of the things I really liked about, um, you know, looking at the sort of the Gotham place as as a town. You know, you kind of realize when you begin to drill down that basically everyone works for works for the Wayne family slash Bruce Wayne at the end of the day. 
Um, but I think his moral compass really does come from that tragic event, right? That right. fateful night when he lost his parents. I think that moral compass, that center, will probably still guide him if he didn't have the money. Absolutely. He just wouldn't have the flashy Batmobile. It'd be like a Pontiac, like Firebird or something. Or, I think or, it'd be more like Zorro. a... Warshack, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would choose Zorro. One of the reasons I would choose Zorro is because he was more anti-establishment than Batman. He was fighting true. very true government, mm-hmm. and Batman is sort of, from my perspective, is Don Diego, but uh, Don Diego with beating up on poor people. Be <laughs> 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 serious. I mean, I mean class he's got warfare. high-profile targets, but it seems like his meat and potatoes. And I love Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I have to say, this is Jock here. I have to say, I agree that whoever said that Batman would probably kill people, I do, I do believe that he would do that. <laughs> I appreciate you That's, having yeah. me back. <laughs> wow, podcast torn that, down I, the middle here. I know that sounds brutal, but my logic is without. All of that money, I think he would have had a harder time funding these trips where he went off to the monastery to find himself and oh, discover yeah. the Wouldn't means be so for fighting as well. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He joined some fight club underground That's in the sewers. Thinking that exactly. <laughs> exactly. He'd get his training. Yeah. It would just be from a less scrupulous source. It'd be like Rorschach, Rorschach without the cool mask. Seriously, yeah. May- hopefully not as Rorschach as Rorschach. Yeah, right. <laughs> like a diet Rorschach. Find <laughs> himself a Mr. Miyagi to train him <laughs> yeah, or something. Seriously, you know? something like that. <laughs> Rorschach light. <laughs> yeah. Or you crowdfund it. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I can't tell you my name, but I've got this super Can great you idea. Start my vigilantism practice. <laughs> if you hate crime as much as me, throw five dollars my way. I'll give you a thank you. Go ahead and hit that like button. Subscribe. Tell your friends. <laughs> Nicely three D printed suit. <laughs> right. In the in the uh, same universe, we have a uh, Deadshot. I mean, he came from a wealthy oh, yeah. background, and uh, I guess when when he that character first came to be, he tried to replace Batman, but you know. Obviously, his uh, methods weren't looked uh, too kindly upon. Mm. By I, I think they've toned it down a little recently, but he used to have a really, um, really snarky, rich asshole way about him, mm-hmm. didn't he? And I know there was an animated film. Was it Arkham Legends? I think it was a bunch of like, yes. Like, yeah, yeah. And he was very like he had the, the coat and the yes. wide brim hat. He was super. You know, he had that. Oh, there's a phrase I'm looking for. Is that where they got but, the Will Smith look on him? <laughs> I think to an extent the they pulled from style, that. Yeah, 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 that that style. <laughs> like, he was he was very like flashy, very ostentatious, and he was you know arrogant too. And he really fit that you know like you know he just right. had that that rich asshole vibe going. There was an awesome scene in that movie uh, where he was on the Ferris wheel and sniped oh, somebody yeah. at that dinner party. And through the champagne glass. Oh, right through the stem of the glass. Oh, what a oh, badass. It was oh. amazing. I like that depiction a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. Um, I remember that, yeah. A, another one we have to just get out there, Tony Stark. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really don't know much to say about him. I the, mean. The, thing I, the thing I like about Stark, though, is that he is rich and I, I don't want to build myself up like, oh, I'd totally be Tony Stark if I had a hundred billion dollars. But I feel like I can connect with his mindset a little more. It's like, yeah, I'd buy all these cars in this nice yeah. house oh, on yeah. a cliff overlooking the ocean. Yeah, I'd have a bunch of invincible suits in my garage. Making Why not? tons of cool toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like, you know, Batman, you're like, oh, he's got all this money, but it's pretty much going to one thing. Keeping Gotham afloat, keeping the crime in Gotham down. Tony Stark, yeah, he's building his Iron Man suits, but he's living it up pretty hard too mm-hmm. yeah he's he's successfully doing the uh the superhero and playboy yeah, life yeah. not just pretending without right. like hiding one for the other he's just right. like hey here i am this is like who it. i am <laughs> yeah like it or lump it wealthier than you 
<laughs> yeah, he's totally the opposite, right? Yeah. You know, like, uh, he's like, you know, yeah, if you dare challenge me, here's my address, you know, look me up. <laughs> you want to go? Come on. Wait for this. Uh, Sorry, they're filming the new Fast and Furious. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's only one guy left now, so it's just the one. There we go. <laughs> All right, I moving. was wondering what this sound was. <laughs> <laughs> moving right along, uh, Uncle Scrooge. Uncle Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Where did his riches come from? I assume he destabilized some South American country and, like, funneled all their gold or something. It's got to be, like, conflict diamonds or ill-gotten silver. Oh, yeah. During the gold rush or something. <laughs> yes, I think like I had one of those books bit. about it. <laughs> Well, he was always out, yeah, looking for treasures and diamonds and mm. hidden artifacts. Could it be and stuff. that it's just his life of adventuring? <laughs> you know, it's like- it could be. I, I I remember as a child uh, starting a collection of pennies because one day I wanted to have a Scrooge money bin. You able to swim in it? <laughs> well, Family Guy proved to us that that wouldn't work. <laughs> That's right, he did. That was so funny. Peter dives in, just bones cracking everywhere. <laughs> How about Mr. Burns? Mr. Burns, that son of a bitch. Yeah, Yeah, Mr. Burns, that's definitely, uh, what's his name, Hearst? That's Hearst and a lot of the the wealthy Mm -hmm. uh, robber barons for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I think he'd probably be more true to uh, what any of us would be like if we got all that (laughs) money. That much money at that age. Yeah. That kind of power. Oh, Oh, there's someone at my door? Release the hounds. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be bothered with that. Have the Rolling Stones, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Who else we have here? Richie Rich. I was never a big Richie Rich uh, reader. No, it's like... I remember it like he was throwing it in my face, right? What's that? Yeah. It always seemed like he was up in your face about it. It's like, look at all this money I've got. Bet you wish you had all this money and all these toys. Like, yeah. yeah. And he's not hes not very well internationally known, by the way. Like, oh, is that right? I, I would say here in Europe, it wouldn't, that wouldn't fly. Like, you can see Batman, you can see Iron Man, but Richie Rich, it's <laughs> like they, that concept would just seem in poor taste in other places of the world so yeah it's bracket. a little bit too yeah. the only children's comic that can make you feel like shit about your life huh dog named dollar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my cat currency <laughs> you ever see that movie no oh, Lord. macaulay calkin was richie rich that's right hey if you no. get the chance go ahead and skip it yeah <laughs> <laughs> duly noted and done great a garbage you know, I, I remember a uh, a uh, theory that Casper the Friendly Ghost was Richie, Richie Rich yeah. in the afterlife. Because <laughs> if you hold them nose. right up to each other, they yep. look exactly the same. Mm, little pig nose that they got. Yeah. <laughs> upturned pig nose. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what about uh, Charles Xavier? Never thought about that. We don't that. think of him as being like ultra wealthy, but he had a pretty significant inheritance, right? He doesn't gloat about his wealth. Exa- yeah, you know? he's very down to earth. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. When you can erase a person's brain more easily oh, than you can it. lift your own arms to brush your teeth, you probably <laughs> have a pretty good lock on emotions like yeah. that. You don't throw in people's faces. You probably change people's minds to get all the money <laughs> yes, in. Sure. Protect you is good at the end. <laughs> I mean, exactly. how many times has he rebuilt that mansion? Oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> Gotta be That's, sitting. That takes a, quite a bit of change to be able to do that. <laughs> that is. Does. In the same style, which is obviously not structurally sound, Charles, build it into a fortress already. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't take much in labor. They just had a couple mutants just throwing That's stuff true, up with yeah. their mind. And... This is true, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. 
Well, uh, one other icon that comes to mind is little Ricky Schroeder from uh, Silver Spoons. Isn't that oh, that's little right. dude have a train running right through his freaking love room that there? Thing. So bad with oh, that thing when I was a kid. Little bastard, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Not that I want a train, but I can think of uh, yeah. other things to sure. you know use that money for. Is it kind of funny that uh, Alfonso is more popular than Brit- or Ricky Schroeder anymore? <laughs> yeah. You think it uh, any, anything to do with the dance? Yeah, the I don't Carlton know. probably. Well, he was hmm. he got to be in what the Fresh Prince, so I guess. Well, that I know, but I, I just wonder if his character would have uh, remained as popular if it wouldn't have been for the Carlton. Someday we'll have an episode where we don't talk about the Carlton. <laughs> but it is not this day. <laughs> it works its way in about every episode, doesn't it? He probably it wouldn't have been, it probably wouldn't have been as popular without the dance because yeah. it was so loved and he was such a I mean uh, think about it, he was on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, yeah. without the Carlton he might be celebrity boxing. Or mm-hmm. did he do that too? No, I don't think so. No? Anyway. Well that's <laughs> that's all the characters I can really think of unless any of you guys Okay, go ahead. Jed Clampett. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jed Clampett, man. Now, <laughs> the lo- or no, he struck gold, not a lottery winner. Why was I thinking that? Well, still, though, I mean, he doesn't have to win the lottery. But, uh, yeah, he was one character that even though he had thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, he didn't know how to utilize it totally. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, even in their big mansion, they still had raccoons and shit coming in the back door. And <laughs> They're living normal just in a nice place. Yeah. Well, that's what you get for shooting at some food. All right. I got uh, Mr. Monopoly. Mr. <sighs> Well, I don't know what a trip, you know, I, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> Soulless, corporate Satan. Yeah. Hey, Monopoly was actually, the myth behind Monopoly was that it was created to teach people how capitalism worked. Oh, I can see that. By destroying family bonds and friendships. <laughs> My wife, she always wants to play it. I'm like, no, because I always lose, and she's terrible at winning. So if she starts to lose, then the game's over. But if she wins, it's okay. But then I lose everything because she owns everything. <laughs> Every time, I'm straight up won't do it. There was a time where, for whatever reason, me and my friends were playing Monopoly, like, hard. Like, once a week, we'd have a game that usually lasted, like, six hours or more. And I prided myself on how effective I became at leading my friends to believe they were getting the better end of a deal. But the problem with Monopoly is you need to be conniving to win. And mm. after a while, people can just go, yeah. no, I'm not going to take that deal. They can just refuse you outright. There's nothing in the rules that says, well, if it's a really good deal. You know? yeah. Yeah. The only way to win is to cheat gracefully, and people can just say no. It's, yeah. Everybody loses. The winner loses the most. Monopoly was always the game that we'd get like 30 minutes into. Like, you want to do something else? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pound some nails into my foot really quick. <laughs> I sat in jail for about an hour one day. I kept getting out, and I'd go right back in constantly. I lost all my money. Because people were taking rent the whole time. It was the horrible, worst game ever. When you reach that late phase of the game, though, you want to be in jail. Because you can collect rent, yeah. but you can't land on anybody's exactly. property. You don't have to pay. It's oh. like you're taking a little vacation watching oh, your investment <laughs> 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 Once I strike it, Rich, I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> right, right. It's the perfect plan. Have anyone else there? Yeah, Smog the Dragon from uh, The Lord of the Rings. Oh, nice one. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, well. destroyed skeletons. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> almost an equal ratio of both. I think. Well, he, I think he, Dale was the name of the place he destroyed. And then Rivertown, something town, Barter Town, Lake Town, Lake That's Town. It, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was he aware of his riches? Or oh my god, yeah, yeah, that was his whole thing. Well, I, I've yeah, his underside that. was all encrusted with gems and stuff because he laid really? on his hoard, and it kind of became part of him. Yeah. Huh. 
I'll have to watch that. So you that was in the Hobbit, right? Mighty yeah. Dragon yeah, scales, except with a black arrow. <laughs> <laughs> King Bard shot true, defeated the dragon. Come <laughs> on, oh, guys. You're really laying into me today. <laughs> oh, um, um, Black Panther. Didn't they say he was the most wealthy Marvel character? Like well, his nation? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the king. Oh, yeah, because they've got the um, vibranium deposits. Right. By, oh. by far, yeah, the most wealthy. It's something yeah. in the trillions, like the tens or hundreds of trillions. It's some absurd number. After seeing his character in Civil War, I cannot wait to see that movie. I, I think it's going to be awesome. Dude. I don't even oh, care yeah. if it doesn't fit. Yeah, I'll be, be the portly dude very, in a Black Panther I think it'll be a good movie, yeah, absolutely. That and Doctor Strange, I'm really looking forward oh, to. Yes. Hey, Doctor yeah. Strange, well, he's not crazy wealthy. I he's mean, he surgeon. gets by, yeah, yeah, but he's not. The surgeons, like, I guess, are rich. He's really? surgeon wealthy, but not <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> not wealthy. <laughs> not Uncle Stinking Scrooge wealthy. Not, not surgeon industrial wealthy. <laughs> but he doesn't have a money bin. <laughs> yeah, Reed Richards, wasn't he rich? I always thought he... I think he was well, like, like funded didn't spend or spend his money well. Like yeah. he had good backers, but he didn't. That's why I kind of wondered about that. I wasn't too sure. I don't know. Doctor Doom, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor yeah. What's your net worth? Oh, Latveria. You know, it's just like an entire <laughs> sovereign nation. One of my favorites, but it's it's from a sitcom uh, news uh, news radio. Jimmy James. Oh I man, that was Jimmy James. Good show. Which who? I don't remember who was Jimmy James though. Great. He's a guy from uh, Office Space, the guy with the red stapler. I don't know the name of the actor, oh, but he oh, was just... Yes. Yeah, the stapler, yeah, yeah the I, I, I could imagine myself being something along <laughs> that kind of personality. I was really <laughs> what just drive my employees nuts for he fun. He was a priceless character. Yeah. That show was just great. Uh, sad to see it go. It's like the edge yeah. of my mind I can remember. remember him. I can't remember exactly, but I remember, yeah, he had... He was pretty funny. Oh, he was hilarious. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A lot of a lot of heavy hitter, uh, hitters in the comedic world on that show. One last one I got on here is uh, Jeffrey Lebowski. The big Lebowski. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah. You're surprised by my tears. <laughs> I love that whole exchange. Oh, man. He's not really a cripple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Threw him on the floor. <laughs> Oh, man. Lots of wealthy assholes there, huh? <laughs> no shortage. Well, let's turn the table here. Okay, so let's just go around and uh, let's start with our guest. If we were to, let's say, inherit millions upon millions of dollars, what would be the first uh, plan of action? Let's start with Jerome. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, if I was to <laughs> suddenly come into this, uh, sometimes sometimes it's called liquidity events. I love that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> I like that. Sounds like a band name almost, the, the liquidity, the sudden liquidity event. A sudden liquidity event. Um, yeah, I'll probably start traveling, you know. I'll, you know, say, hey, family, guess what? You know, we're we're now free to roam the earth. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I would love to travel. I'd love to be able to, you know, go from place to place and just, you know, experience new things. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, Miguel, what about you? You already seem to travel the earth. What would you do with your money? Yeah, I'm not a wealthy multimillionaire. Uh, just <laughs> an Air Force brat. Yeah, the traveling sounds great. Um, right about now, if I did manage to get a lot of money, I'd probably get somebody to unpack all the boxes that I have. Like, <laughs> That's um, a worthy there, investment. Oh, yeah. yeah. In a lake of boxes. Um, <laughs> 
Probably, yeah. Travel, but not move. Nice. Uh, that that would be wonderful. And I think the the next thing I'd want to do is put it into seven robots to actually make that grow, and to see what I could do and other things that aren't comic book related, more serious things. So yeah. There you go. Jacques, what about you? My my thing is free, actually. The first thing I would do is quit my job. So I don't know about the rest of y'all, but that's what I would do. <laughs> and I'm sorry for all my coworkers who may actually listen to this. I love y'all, but I'll quit my job. <laughs> but not that much. Oh, I have a million dollars worth. <laughs> and then I, I would uh, look into, like, all... I have still have school loans. I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking forward oh, to yeah. get those things. But <laughs> other than that, quitting my job would be the first thing I do. Oh yeah, that would be that'd be great. Jack, what about you? Pay off bills first. Up. Be debt free. Then I would buy an island and build the camp. Oh, you there son you of a bitch! You stole my answer. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> then construct the Candair Nation, nice. the Candero Drove. Yeah, <laughs> fifty-story tall can that Just, we all live in. <laughs> Fifty-caliber sentry guns every thirty-five <laughs> feet. What about you, Jake? Two words, gentlemen: cybernetic prosthesis. Ooh! Every dime. Every dime from a hundred thousand on up, I don't care how little or how much I got, would be going into shedding this ridiculous human form. Get you some robot legs. <laughs> oh man, in an instant, I, I'll saw them off. No anesthetic. If the technology exists, I want it. If it doesn't exist, I will fund it and then I will take it. He I shows- want my brain in an immortal robot body. He shows up next week in a mech suit. Like, well, you can't fit <laughs> through the guys. door, possibly. <laughs> Just standing out the window. Just give me the microphone over here. Just put my a mic out the window. <laughs> my name's Jake. I am a robot. It is better now. You will learn, too. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, I, I was myself, I was going to say, uh, yeah, just get an island and... Uh, <laughs> Bored myself in, and I'm not coming out for fucking anyone or anything. <laughs> he died two months later, having boarded himself in. <laughs> put put guard towers all around that thing, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like restricted people. airspace. Present company excluded, no, of thanks. course. Appreciate it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I would uh, I would lock myself up on an island, and I would stay there. Start. So, so Skype calls are okay, though. Skype calls are okay. You guys, you guys <laughs> have a home good. there. You, you have yeah, a little you, guest wing, right? Yeah, yeah. He would All make the calls. No calls coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I decided a little, a little guest shed in the back, maybe. <laughs> oh man, you yeah. can sleep on the pull-out bed in the front room. <laughs> All these millions and no guest housing. <laughs> I'd get ridiculous, so I'd have a water park and oh, uh, you got to, oh yeah, right? lazy river around. I guess a lazy river on an island's kind of pointless, isn't it? Not yeah. if you have enough money. Well, true. <laughs> Nothing's true. Point. You could build an artificial landmass surrounding your island and then trench it out to make a lazy river. <laughs> you could just have concentric circles of island and rivers. Who cares? You're wealthy. Pilots flying over, looking down. Look at My this God. asshole. Forgot to put any kind of current in it, so it just turns stagnant and green. <laughs> what the hell? I didn't think this through, guys. Can I try again? Then the mosquitoes just encroach a little closer every season before long. <laughs> it's some twisted hellscape. My riches would end up... Full- Flowing out to my family and friends too, though. Oh, look at yeah! The Imagine the people that would come out of the woodwork. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm your third cousin, sir. You are Korean. You are from Korea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that does it. But uh, yeah, establish that most of us would do practical things and help our families, and huh. some of us would be robots and have islands. It's, you know, <laughs> it's the standard, <laughs> the standard dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> 
Help family robot island. I like it. Yes. I like it. <laughs> I all, wait for the day. Why not all, all ends of the spectrum hit there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, with all that behind us, let's just move right into... Real World Heroes. Jack, who do we have this week? Batman from Wales. Welsh Batman. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Wasn't expecting that. With all the news going on with uh, creepy clowns wreaking mayhem and oh yeah, scaring people all, all over the place, uh, I guess it's starting to spread across all the, the, the oceans into other countries. Great. And one guy dressed up as Batman, and he's out taking care of them, I guess. Boy, it must be a pretty bad problem where he's at to uh, be out nightly whooping their ass, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Let's they... hope he's got a lot of money or he's going to start killing them, right? I mean, we established that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what's going to happen. All of a sudden, clowns are dying. Going. <laughs> you know, it's a shame that people have to uh, go do stupid shit like this because uh, I can. there are two towns in our vicinity that have already canceled Trick or Treat as a result are of this. Did they really? Serious? Yeah, yeah. So Good children are God. suffering as a result of these uh, morons going out with uh, pellet guns and knives dressed as clowns. You know what we should do? Dress up as clown? <laughs> Go get our Batman suits. Ah, well, I'm not motivated enough yeah. to become the solution, so let's become the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, and for that Welsh Batman, you you uh, you have our respect, yeah, for sure. Any other information on this fella at all? Uh, his name's Kieran Skinner. He lives in Cardiff. He gets drunk seven <laughs> nights a week. I don't know. <laughs> what does a Welsh person do besides lament the fact that they're in Wales? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, other than him trip. going out and pounding, <laughs> yeah, I guess, pounding some, I guess some clowns, cool. as Batman do. Going out for a nightly clown pound. I'll yeah. never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the regret. Oh, man. You know what Jake's doing with his evening? No, it's not clown pounding, I'll tell you. <laughs> Put this makeup on, baby. <laughs> uh, joke's on you. I'm super alone, so no one would even do that for me. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh. So if he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a drunk Batman running around Wales. How are we supposed to take him at his word that he's actually fighting clowns? I think this is true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Should we really hoist this fellow up on our shoulders? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he could be their twisted ringmaster, right? He could be the clown prince. He's organizing all the clowns, oh and then he goes out at night and whoops their ass. It's the perfect crime, apparently. 2016, the year the world just said, fuck it. You know, it's just <laughs> so, everything. How do we know he's not punching lampposts? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, I told you not to come right here. <laughs> Well, Welsh Batman, I guess you, you're on our wall of justice this week, I suppose. I mean, uh, we'll have a little asterisk by the name. It's like, might be an asshole. Nobody knows. Disclaimer at the bottom. He's not really that much of a hero. Oh, man. He's okay. All right. Well. This has been weird. It's, it's been a very weird episode thus far. Yes, yes. It can only is, get better. Is this though. how it usually is? I'm just no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's taking some weird turns to this. Yeah, we're really not is. like distracted talking about the comics we've read for the week. It just the minds wander. Yeah, yeah when we go off our beaten path, yeah, it's... it's and when yeah. there was no path to start with, my God. <laughs> well, with all that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Jerome, Miguel, and Jacques and talk about the Guan Anthology. Thanks again for being with us, guys. Thanks for yeah, sure, no problem. I'd like to, if you don't mind, I'd Go like ahead. to start by saying I respect your restraint in not calling it the Guanthology. 
You oh, know? look it's at like, you. Everyone's so into truncating words and making mm-hmm. these horrible little... Right. So I respect that. <laughs> you guys have <laughs> oh, integrity. You. Glad, <laughs> so for the listeners who didn't get to hear it the last time, uh, I think we should start maybe just getting a brief overview of Guan and then... Uh, Maybe going down the list of uh, you know, going down the list with you guys and talking about each of your submissions. Um, a little while ago, I was thinking about the next project for uh, Forward Comics, and because a lot of my work is so solitary, um, particularly Nowhere Man is, is sort of this you know fully immersive experience writing it and illustrating that that series. I wanted to take a break from that and do something that was much more collaborative. So as I was thinking about something to do, I wanted to do something that was, for me, very personal, um, which was my immigrant experience from the island of Jamaica to the United States, and to use a fictional story to share a little bit of what that experience was like for me. So as I thought about that being a story that I want to tell, I, I thought about reaching out to friends that I knew that were in independent comics, and right away... Both Miguel and Jacques came to mind as being folks that I wanted to get involved really early. Um, so I reached out to them, and I, I got to tell you, if they both said no, <laughs> I would have been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, so I'm really glad that they said yes to come on board. And so, um, so I started to think through what thematically I wanted to see, what kind of balance I wanted to see with the with the collection, and tried to reach out to folks that I think would help to fill very unique places in the anthology with the kind of stories and with their background experience, being able to pull that into whatever entry they submitted. Very nice. And what a beautiful book this is. And I want to thank you again for uh, sending us a copy of it. Uh, Mind you, we've seen it before, but from front to back, just a gorgeous freaking book. It really is. Yeah, it is. And um, some of the submissions on there, Jerome, I guess since we've already got your attention, we'll start with you. Uh, one that comes to mind is The River, but you have yeah. what up to like five submissions in this book, right? I've got a few. I've got a few things in there. So, <laughs> so, so certainly uh, The River was the one that I started out with as being sort of my primary submission. Um, so, again, it's, it's a fictional story, but a lot of the components are things that are from my childhood memories. So the whole experience of going to school and then crossing the river to hang out with, the, with, with my classmates was, was something that actually happened. Um, and even some of the emotional tone in terms of the relationship between the, the parental figures and the kids in the story, um, you know, is... is uh, highly reflective of my own uh, life experiences. So, um, yeah, you know, it, for me, I was thinking about how much I wanted to share and how, how close I wanted some of those aspects to be. But I thought in order for folks who may not have necessarily had that experience of immigrating to a new place or being uh, emotionally or physically dislocated, um, I, I thought it would be something that would be hopefully something that would give them a really unique perspective on you know, those kinds of issues. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is that um, when I thought about doing this series initially, um, you know, yeah, I'm not going to get into this too much, but, yeah, this whole situation we have right now was not even, you know, not even happening. It was not, not, nothing close to what we're seeing now. So at the time, it's really more about something very positive, very celebratory in a way, even though some of the stories are very um, heavy and, and um, makes and very poignant. The overall scope of it was to be something very celebratory in terms of thinking about uh, immigration and thinking about diversity and, and, and coming together. Um, 
So that was my my overall approach to put together this anthology. I wanted to do something that was very collaborative, very very intimate, but also celebrating the, the the wide variety of experiences that you see among immigrants. And it's such a great medium for that too, because not only do you get the words, do you get to convey these things in the written word. You get the illustrations to bring this level of emotional connection to it. You mm -hmm. you get a you get a certain insight into these stories that you can't get purely from one thing or the other. I, I, I think yeah. these sorts of experiences, this is almost, I want to say this is what the medium is for. Right. It's, yeah. it's just such a perfect union of these things. I, I think that's fantastic. Very gorgeous uh, story in itself right there. Now, Miguel, you have one called uh, Crystal Clear, right? Yeah, Crystal Clear. Let's hear a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, that one was... Uh pretty dark actually <laughs> yeah, to say the least <laughs> but well he said it so <laughs> yeah, it's very very dark and it comes from a very um a different pr uh, perspective um because my mother being spanish uh my dad being in the air force uh, my mother living through the spanish civil war and you know she passed away about three years ago and she always put emphasis on that art needs to be more than just entertainment. <clears throat> as you can tell from Supercorp, I've taken that to heart. Oh, yeah. Um, it basically came to mind because here in Europe right now, and I've been living in Europe now for four years, going on five, the migrant crisis is a very big problem. And then hearing the news uh, from the presidential elections, uh, the treatment of um, how Latinos were being talked about, yeah. and even though myself I'm 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 pretty nomadic, um, as you can tell, <laughs> uh, I decided that I should speak on on the dark issues of war, how war and destabilizing countries. In and in of itself is a product, and I thought to do it in a fairy tale type way, which has always been very influenced by George MacDonald. George MacDonald, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's the gentleman who influenced C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien. He's the one who provided the first essay uh, as to how to write a good fantasy by setting rules. So having all these things and having had friends who were Vietnamese or were from Honduras, I felt that these things need to be spoken of in such a way that you're able to sort of grip to the bigger picture and not blame the immigrant, uh, per se. So that's where it was coming from. That is the inspiration behind it. So. Though it might be a darker look, it's a look that people don't see and need, right. need to see. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. You can't shy yeah, away very, from the darker very, stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah very necessary. Yeah. And I have to say, during the editorial process, um, that story uh, was uh, very impactful on the editorial team. I mean, it, just, it was one of the things that they said, you know, wow, you know, just in terms of how the subject matter was handled and, and uh, you know, not to spoil, <laughs> you know, how things developed in the story, but it was, it was very gripping. So yeah. uh, we were very glad to have, to have that story in there, you know. Um, very poignant, indeed. What a good fit it is. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. What about you, Jacques? You have one called Tribal Quest. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yes, I'll be happy to. Um, my, I'm different from most uh, of our guests here because I'm I'm a writer and I had to work with several incredibly talented folks like uh, Derek, um, Derek and uh, Justin, Derek McKinley and Justin Wood, who did the art and the colors for my story. And um, what I was trying to do is offer a story that gives hope and help people look about look at the future and looking at exploration and finding new lands and surviving on it and the image that popped in my head is i, I told my artist please uh, let's do something that mirrors something that mobius would do or jean gerard i don't mm. know I, I don't know if mobius is his name mobius Not am sure. i saying it correct it's, okay mobius okay okay mobius yeah, but well, I know his name Jean Giraud, which is mm -hmm, easier mm -hmm. to say to me. But um, I asked them to to explore that that kind of open world type feel, and my artist just did such an amazing job in making this story just just feel exploration and feeling uh, a group of nomadic people trying to find uh, find more explore the world that they're in and trying to report back to their um their civilization and let them know what is happening and what is before them and on their land and i'm trying to say this without giving too much of the story but it was just really fun to write and just explore and see a new world and giving people a, a view of hope and seeing what mm. is out there this this anthology uh one thing we said last time uh, we had jerome on to talk about guan was uh you know not only is it a good way for you know people of similar walks to come together and tell their stories but it's also a good book for people who might be going through similar things to latch on to and realize hey you know i'm not yeah. alone here um yeah. mm -hmm. and you know might help them even ease through the process so uh bravo mm -hmm. to all you guys what a uh, awesome concept you have absolutely. here absolutely and, and you yeah, know it, it you. feels kind of trite to call something like this important you know like like i'm some authority on this kind of thing but i i, I feel that it is and i think it's something people should read not because i said so some short on a podcast <laughs> because it's 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 genuine and it's moving and it's it's really worth the time i think it's an extraordinary book absolutely now, again, since we talked to you last, this book has become available not only on forwardcomics.com, but on Amazon and Barnes & Noble? Yeah, that's right. And, um, oh, by the way, uh, Jacques, you know, when mm -hmm. you mentioned uh, the influences for how you, you staged and the kind of the approach you want to go with and mm -hmm. the nods to, uh, to Mobius, it definitely comes across. I mean, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's absolutely beautiful to look at. Um, and the story moves really well. So, yeah, um, in terms of uh, availability, it's available through our um, website, forwardcomicsshop.com, or go directly to uh, forwardcomics.com, and there are links over to our um, e-commerce store from there. <clears throat> but it's also available on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and um, if you happen to be in Brooklyn, uh, we are being carried by... Um, green light uh bookstore uh in, in uh downtown brooklyn so oh, if wow. you happen to be in brooklyn please drop by the store there and pick up a copy so i'm, I'm really excited because it's been selling quite well I, I um i've made a few posts about this on facebook but basically i got this whole like basically like a ups truck full with books you know they came you know they came on the on delivery day and basically the entire ups truck was filled with the books that i had ordered 
Um, so I had this mountain of books, and I thought it's going to last me about a year. Um, but that's not the case. It's been selling so so well. I basically only have like like four boxes left. That's that's it. Wow, that's, um, wow, that's great. So it's it's been really amazing the reception that we've gotten and how well it's been selling. So. You know, I would encourage folks if they're listening. If you want to get the first print run, you know, you may want to order sooner rather than later, because uh, we were down to our, our last uh, boxes here, and then we're going to, have to do a second print run, probably by the start of next year. So, um, so yeah, it's been it's been doing quite well. So, um, so really excited about that. And we'll make it as easy for our listeners uh, to get to either you know Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or uh, ForwardComics.com uh, via website and Twitter. I'll make it as easy for them as possible. Um, but before we move on, I just kind of wanted to touch with each of you uh, on some of the other projects that we've talked with you in the past on. Jerome, starting with you and Nowhere Man, uh, how's that project coming along? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I talk to the fans often uh, about what's going on with Nowhere Man. I kind of feel like, you know, I'm kind of the pusher, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, folks are, are itching for, you know, for a new fix with, uh, with Nowhere Man. So, um, so I'm definitely making progress with that. Um, so um, the good news is that I'm officially in production at this time on Volume Three. Nice. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'll be maybe posting little bits and pieces of that in the near future to kind of just give people a taste of what's what's happening there. But I'm really excited about it because it's a it's a really big development in the series, and uh, it should be a really uh, strong return for the character for Jack McGuire and. Uh, and, and the entire cast. So, you know, I'm really excited to reintroduce that, that character in the series as well. What a great book and gorgeous, mm-hmm. yep. absolutely gorgeous book that is. Uh, speaking of good books, Miguel, uh, and Super Corporate Heroes, <laughs> man, that was a fun <laughs> book right heroes. there. Yeah. How's yes. that coming? Actually, um, since I've gotten to Paris, um, because in uh, France, I know this is not well known, but France uh, considers comic books, they call it BD, which is Bande Dessinée, mm-hmm. is considered an, uh, the ninth art. So it's considered an art form here. If you meet someone, they wow. say, well, you, you draw comics, whether it's popular or not, they'll shake your hand. And they just love comics. So you, you can go to their nice. grocery store and find it. Yeah, it's <laughs> you can see kids reading it. Um, <clears throat> so that's, we've sort of, uh, Susie and I have, uh, re-strategize since we've gotten here because the books tended to be uh, at least a hundred and some odd pages uh, and whatnot. So what we're looking to do is to parse those down uh, to about 60 or 70 pages, uh, which means uh, we have the first 40 uh, pages penciled uh, for volume two, which takes place in the past, and ironically, one of the cities that I have to draw next is Paris. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so it sort of worked out really well. Um, other things that we're also working on is to be able to start um, reporting from here uh, as to uh, Paris culture. Like right now, I'm going to miss the Paris Comic Con, which just kills me. Um, and so what we want to do is basically start reporting on that um, through through our website. You can see some of the pages actually for for Supercorp uh, Volume Two already up. And I'm going more with the style that I had practiced with um, with the piece that I did for Jerome for Guan. So it's going to be more pencil uh, work. Yeah. So <clears throat> because it is in the past, 
And then, of course, uh, we're going to start looking at making Earth Dream more of a heavy metal type magazine instead of just, yeah, just move away from just having like it can have meaningful stories. It doesn't have to. But that's something else we 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 have to talk about. But seriously, I've been living like a gypsy for the past for the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Seven apartments, guys. We had. Wow. Wow, man. Yeah. And it was really hard to find an apartment here in Paris. It was easier to find work than it was to find an apartment because of certain laws and stuff uh, that they have. But we got around it. And um, I'm finding that that French that I learned in school, uh, I'm going to have to rely on it more and more, (laughs) 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 which is brutal. But, you know, um, by and large, I, I, I really do enjoy it here. So once we sort of settle in and the boxes are put away, um, we'll be putting up updates on our website at uh, www.7robots.com. Got to plug it. And uh, a lot of really interesting stuff. Like I've been really rethinking with where 7 Robots is going to go. So does, any, does everything happen in sevens for you? Seven apartments for the seven robots? <laughs> yeah. <people? laughs> really? Well, this is my 14th city I've lived in. Wow. In my life. So, yeah, uh-huh. this is... Uh, yeah, <laughs> divisible by seven. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> crazy. I I just uh, it's just strange. But so far, I'm really liking the city. I'm not seeing how people say that they're so rude. Um, I think part of it's because you just have to try to speak French first sure. before speaking English, because then they'll just oh okay, you're just a schmuck, and you know you know <laughs> we'll try, we'll communicate. So yeah. Um, so yeah, ultimately, and we'll, we're, we're hoping to start doing a video series too, reviewing books and stuff of, that have helped me. Uh, right, cool. And see, so yeah, but we got to settle in. So understandable. Yeah, Candair needs to get their asses over to Paris, France, yeah. sometime. Get the yeah. picture of the can we'll on the Eiffel Tower the there, and we well, fit you, in you, so well. Yeah, you <laughs> right? to have like an Eiffel Tower thing on your can, so <laughs> that'd be an easy oh. transition. <laughs> just Photoshop that up. <laughs> I would have never thought of that. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jacques, I want to turn uh, attention to you a little bit. Uh, this is okay. the first time you've actually been on the show, but all the way yeah. back in episode 30, episode 30, 30, before we ever know. heard of Jerome and Miguel, <laughs> we remember. talked about Smorgasbord Squad. So yes. how's, how's this series coming along? Ah, the series is going pretty well. Uh, a lot of has happened since uh, series thirty. I've been, I've been uh, episode thirty. I've been, um, I've had a, a new baby, uh, baby girl at the house. So oh, wow. my life Congrats. has changed a lot with two kids and trying to balance with that and everything. But I'm still working on. Um, I'm actually writing up the story instead of it being issues. I've decided to write them all up to be a. Um, a 60 to 70 page of one just one one shot book which will have the the original story that i had will still fit within that one shot book but it won't be um it won't tell every single thing about what's going on but it will continue the story and and start it off in a way that it it doesn't mess anything up for anybody who hasn't read it but it's it's going to be very fun um right now i'm getting ready to get it edited with my editor and all of my artists are still lined up ready to work on it it's just a matter of me passing along to them and it's going to be a, a larger book 
But other than that, I also have Not So Super, which is um, one of my first books. And that one is also getting that same treatment as well as This Bites. And just recently, uh, the book that you just mentioned um, with, for Guan, the story that I did for that one, um, Tribal Quest, is actually in one of my, my collection of stories, which is called Humanescent, which is, um, is a collection. It's not really an anthology since I wrote all the stories, but I worked with seven different artists to create a book that explores what it means to be human. So it's seven stories that kind of explore humanity and what it means, and Tribal Quest is one of them. And I, I cleared it with Jerome, so it was okay for me to it's do all this. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, so, what? <laughs> so, but that's another one. So I'm, I'm busy. I got a lot, a lot keeping me busy right now. So. But you'll be seeing them happening soon. But that book is available on notsosuper.com. And you can find that book already done and ready to to be read. Very cool. I do not know where you guys find the time to no, do all this. Know. Like, this <laughs> podcast buries me alone. So <laughs> to be making comics, moving all over the place, having children... Our hats go off. I had to, to get gentlemen. my oil changed yeah. the other week, and I had to test it for three days. I'm like, how am I going to fit in lunch? And I'm studying. And I don't know. Oh, my wife geez. always yelling, "Not the podcast again!" Yeah. Oh, Same time every yes. week. Come on. Yes. It's, it's definitely a very involved process for sure. Yeah, it is. Man, well, I want to thank you all for being on the show, and to our listeners, uh, you can check out Jerome's work at forwardcomics.com, and you said also forwardcomicshop.com. That's right. Awesome. And Miguel, uh, you can check out everything he's got going on over at sevenrobots.com. Any other places to check out your work, Miguel? Uh, you can check out the, the Seven Robots uh, Facebook page or the Super, if you like specifically just Super Corporate uh, Heroes. We have a Facebook page for that. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Samurai Elf. Uh, or you can find Seven, Robot, uh, Seven Robots on Twitter. Um, yeah, basically, those are the places, my hangouts for now. Very so. cool, very cool. And Jacques, uh, you mentioned notsosuper.com, and there's also notsosupercomics.com, correct? It's just notsosupercomics.com, sorry. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Now, yeah. what about a Twitter handle? Yeah, t- Twitter handle is notsosuper, which is NSS Comics, and you'll find me there. Or you can find me on Instagram, notsosupercomics, and Facebook, notsosupercomics as well. You'll find me there. Awesome. A lot of links we have to share this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm going to have to cut my jokes down to like three or four. <laughs> 140 characters is going to go quick. Knock, knock, no punchline. We'll do our part, though. If these guys can get all this stuff done, surely we can spread the word sure. here. So I want to thank you guys once again for being on the show with us today. All right. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Jack, yeah, what do we have on the website? Go to CanDarePodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contact page. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CanDarePod and on Instagram at Can underscore Air. We still have our contest going, the Show Us Your Cans contest, where you can get on our website and print out the Can Dare can label, wrap it around a can in your pantry. 
take some cool pictures of it, just miscellaneous places, and you don't like I, like we said last week, not a lot of competition right now. Guys, so, it's free comics. Yeah, it's yeah, free yeah. Comics. You That's don't have to live in the states. You, you can live abroad and still. Yeah, you can be anywhere. Come on, people, show us you can. You could crawl out of a Nazi bunker in the middle of Argentina and say, "Here's my submission," and we'd still probably put you in the list. <laughs> the conditions are low. <laughs> At this point, they would be the winner. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you already won. <laughs> All I got to do it. Congratulations, Air Commandant. <laughs> another thing, uh, we're going to begin putting our show up on YouTube. So uh, another medium for people to check out and listen to our uh, episodes. Uh, and one more thing I want to touch on before we fully uh, end the episode. There are going to be some changes coming uh, with, I guess, our hosting service. Yeah. You would say mm-hmm. uh, a lot we can't uh, really divulge into now, but... Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to somebody who uh, has helped us out tremendously. Uh, when this podcast was, what, maybe a year and a half? Maybe a year in? Yeah, it was about a year, yeah. Yeah, uh, me and Brooke went to see X-Men, uh, what was it, Days of Future Past. And mm-hmm. I typically don't just walk up to somebody and start talking to them. But this was the first, and I think probably the last time I've, <laughs> I've done so. But in that one instance, I had heard a, uh, a girl and her husband uh, talking about the movie in depth and comparing it to the comics. So I said, hey, you should check out her show. Well, she... Whoa. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Oh, sorry, that's hey, Hello? Me. Hello? What, what do I do? Do I, do I go on? Do I, what, what, what do I do? Hey, guys. You, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> like I was saying, though, um, I walked up to them and said, hey, heard your conversation uh, talking about comics. You might be a fan of our show. Well, this girl in turn said, hey, I got someone I want to put you in contact with. Not sure of this fellow's real name, but he goes by the alias Mo Lightning. And when I first heard the name, I had to chuckle a little bit. But, you know, after you say it enough times, it kind of grows on you. Yeah, like suppose. Max Power. <laughs> Max Power. I got it from a hair dryer. <laughs> but um, we reached out to Mo Lightning, who was affiliate with Wizard World. And uh, he put together Con Radio. And uh, not only us, but, uh, what, 14 other podcasts? 13. 13. And gave us a home on uh, wizardworld.com. And that's where we've been for some time. Well, we just learned that... Uh, Mo has parted ways with Wizard World. So what this means for us and our affiliation with Wizard World, we're not quite sure yet. But I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank Mo uh, for all he's done, one, for us and for the podcasting community in general. Because uh, it's hard to find good support, I think, for a podcast. The market is so saturated with... uh, Amateurs and stuff. I mean, not that we aren't. I mean, I guess we'd probably fall in that line, right? Am I coming off like we're, an we're asshole? We're on the here? higher end of the amateur spectrum. <laughs> okay. I'd like to think. But uh, yeah, I want to uh, again thank Mo for all he's done and uh, wish him the best in whatever uh, his future endeavors are. So, uh, anything else, gentlemen? You're a real American hero, GI Mo. You're very that up, weren't you? Mo Lightning here for the week, not Batman. There we go. We should have done that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. And I am Jack Doherty. I was Jake Rennie. And Jerome Walford. And Miguel Guerra. And Jacques Niem. Thanks for listening, everyone. see this movie but wait timmy's blind but what am i supposed to do why not try a podcast
Spirit. Spirit. All the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the Candare podcast. Finally, a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Click, 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 click. One ringy dingy. <laughs> History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.